And now we're going to hear our gospel for today, which is the story of Jesus teaching his disciples to forgive. And it comes from Matthew 18. Peter came and said to Jesus, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. And as he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold together with his wife and children and all his possessions and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him saying, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity, the Lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. But the same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him by the throat, he said, pay what you owe. Then this fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. But he refused. Then he went and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed and went and reported to the Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, you wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. So my heavenly father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from the heart. Well, grace and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So recently, um, I just got back from vacation on Wednesday, and over vacation, I had the chance for a few days to go up to the Poconos and uh, had the opportunity to hike in the Delaware Water Gap National Park. Um, it's the first time I've been to the Water Gap um, in living here for eight years, uh, and I'm sure some of you have, have been there before. But uh, for those of you who haven't, a, a Water Gap is a, a, a geographical feature where a river cuts through a notch of a mountain range. And in this case, it's the Delaware River, which um, also forms the border of PA and Jersey, which cuts through the Appalachian Mountains, which was the result of glaciers receding from that region some 15,000 to 25,000 years ago, cutting that groove through the mountains. Uh, I hiked for two days in the Water Gap. The first day I hiked for hours and hours along a nice flat trail along the river. And uh, feeling encouraged by that, the second day I decided to hike up Mount Tammany. Uh, and I don't know how many of you have been up Mount Tammany before, but it is a difficult hike, which I didn't realize until I was already on the trail and it was too late to turn back. Um, the trail slopes up gently at first, and then it just goes vertical. And at some points you have to scramble, which is to use both your feet and your hands to ascend the trail. And it is almost all on unforgiving rock. One and a half miles going 
right up to the 1500 foot peak and blessedly a little easier, gentler two mile hike down, concluding by a beautiful stream. As many of you know from my experience of walking the Camino de Santiago last year, which already feels like 10 years ago, um, hiking is probably my favorite spiritual practice. And uh, when I'm out in the woods and hiking, I'm often reminded of a poem by Mary Oliver called When I Am Among the Trees. And she writes, when I am among the trees, especially the willows and the honey locusts, equally the beech, the oaks and the pines, they give off such hints of gladness. I would almost say that they save me and daily. I am so distant from the hope of myself in which I have goodness and discernment and never hurry through the world, but walk slowly and bow often. Around me, the trees stir in their leaves and call out, stay a while. The light flows from their branches and they call again. It's simple, they say. And you too have come into the world to do this, to go easy, to be filled with light and to shine. And yet mostly on this hike, all I was doing was breathing heavily, sweating like crazy, and taking lots of water breaks. And this hike up to Mount Tammany really became, in a way for me, a metaphor for the year 2020. It started off easily enough at the trailhead with a gentle incline, and then it became one challenge and one surprise after another, and there was nothing else to do but to persist, to keep going, to breathe, and pause to take in the views and to move forward. It was like I was reliving with spiritual eyes what we have all been experiencing this year, the frustration, the impatience, um, our human limitations, the rest relentlessness of the trail, like the relentlessness of COVID-19, and this year with so many other things which seem to have been piled on and on and on us, including now these terrible fires out west, and we pray for everybody who's affected there. But the experience of being on the trail for me was not depressing. For me, it was cathartic. It was hopeful. Because when you rise up the mountain, mountain really with a small m, you see that other people are making that climb too. And you know that you're not alone. And you see that people have been to the top and they're making their way down. You know that it is within reach to get there. And as you rise higher, your efforts are rewarded with cooler breezes and looks over the Delaware River cutting through the mountains until you finally get to the top and you are sitting higher than the hawks who call those hills home, looking out at the enduring strength and beauty of God's creation. And you are reminded looking at the mountains and the river that all things eventually pass that all this too shall pass. Or as it says in the scriptures, that God's word like a high mountain endures forever. Though heaven and earth pass away, though the seasons and the years and the generations turn, the word of God remains. It all gave me a feeling of hope. And there were hymns and verses and phrases and song that were just turning around in my mind as I was climbing like, the one from 1 Corinthians that says, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we shall see face to face. Now I know only in part. Then I will fully know, even as I have been fully known. 
that is, I cannot see right now what will be, and it feels that I know so little and have so far to go, but although things are dim and unclear now, we shall see things more clearly on the other side. I was reminded of an old song by Amy Grant, uh, which go, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. God works in ways we cannot see. God will make a way for me. God will be my guide, hold me closely to his side with love and strength for each new day. God will make a way. And along with those sacred scriptures, I was humming to myself that Miley Cyrus, Hannah Montana song, The Climb. That goes, I can almost see it, that dream I'm dreaming. There's a voice inside my head saying, you'll never reach it. Every step I'm taking, every move feels lost with no direction. My faith is shaking, but I've got to keep trying, got to keep my head held high. There's always going to be another mountain. I'm always going to want to make it move, always going to be an uphill battle. Sometimes I'm going to have to lose. Ain't about how fast I get there. Ain't about what's waiting on the other side. It's the climb. It's the climb. And we are in a climb right now and it's tough. And perhaps like some of you, uh, I've been looking back on my pre-pandemic pictures to remind myself about what life was like before COVID-19 reached us, scrolling back through my phone and my computer to, to look back and uh, before life hit this enormous pause button on us. And, you know, I was looking back and like at church, we had this great party and send off for Pastor Diane. We had this meaningful advent where we reflected on the themes of faith, hope, love, joy. Um, and we had a beautiful Christmas. We had our period poverty event that the advocacy team and my daughter Ellie helped to put together. We were doing fun things with confirmation. I was visiting with so many people and getting up to speed on ministries that I wasn't as directly involved with and running like crazy to keep up with it all. We met with Pastor G about her coming on board to join us. And that was actually the last in-person meeting I had before the quarantine had hit. And then COVID hit and we had to figure out how to figure out digital worship in a matter of just a few days. Thank God for Lindsay. And then figure out what Holy Week and Easter look like online. And our staff and volunteers heroically got us through the program year, even as they were figuring out what all of this meant for them and their families. They were figuring out what it means for us. Uh, even as I could see on people's faces in the Zoom calls and the little Brady Bunch boxes, how overwhelmed and exhausted they were feeling. Looking back, the pandemic hit us at a surprisingly vulnerable moment. Just having gone from two pastors to one, not yet started a transition process or brought on our transition pastor, we had to learn to do so many things in new ways. We brought on Pastor G and Lindsay in her new role, having to all do that virtually together. It's really been an enormous amount of work, even as people, including me, have taken on different roles and responsibilities and duties to help us keep moving forward and ministering. And you wouldn't see all that. And from what I'm hearing, we haven't done a great job of communicating all of that, but it's there. And so going into this year, you enter into this very natural time in the life of the congregation where you're grieving the leave taking of a pastor and then entering into a time of transition and discernment, which we were not able to start in person, figuring out how to close some pretty significant foundational gaps 
and stay connected so our ministry stays strong. And now we're figuring out reopening, which is so much harder than closing, um, balancing safety and our need to be together, moving too slow for some and all right for others. And we are constantly, and I mean daily, working on solutions for how we do that well and responsibly. And we're looking at ways for us to gather in person and fulfill our needs for connection and community and spiritual well-being. Looking back, it's just taking me some time to see it, that we were just in a different place than some other churches and perhaps than we might have normally been when COVID found us this year. And so I wanna take a moment to acknowledge the grief and the loss and the anxiousness and the frustration that we are all feeling generally by being in the world and perhaps more specifically about church right now. And I get it too. This is what I do every day and feel it every day. And there is no manual for this. And um, boy, if I have let you down in any way, I'm sorry. Know that just because things seem slow doesn't mean that things aren't happening. Just the opposite. As our fall program year kicks off, we're gonna, you're going to hear more and more about our upcoming programs and ministries. And I'm so proud of us and excited and hopeful for what we're going to be doing, how this time of discernment and transition is going to help us to live into God's dream for us. That almost, I can almost see it, that dream, God's dreaming. Transition process can be an anxious time, but it should also be an exciting time to see what comes next who comes next, what God has in store for us, what we want for each other and what we want for our world. Uh, and to this point, the transition work has it's been a ton of background work, nuts and bolts, but we are gonna start discerning together soon. And I can't wait for that to happen. The first reading that's appointed for today is the story of the crossing of the Red Sea. And as usual, the lectionary nails it. Um, sometimes it feels like individually and maybe as a church, we are the Israelites on the shore of the Red Sea wondering what is going to happen now. If you remember, God sent the 10 plagues on Egypt to convince the Pharaoh to let God's people go. And Pharaoh finally relents and Moses instructs the Israelites to grab what they can carry and get ready to leave Egypt. But as they make their way, Pharaoh changes his mind. He wants to hold on to his slaves. And so he sends his army to go and get them and bring them back. And that's where we find everybody in this passage. The Israelites have followed Moses as far as the shore of the Red Sea. And now they find themselves trapped between the sea and Pharaoh's army with seemingly nowhere to go. And then Moses stretches his hand over the sea and the sea rises and parts and there's a wall of water on either side. And the Israelites pass through safely on the dry seabed. And once they had crossed, the waters then crashed back down on top of Pharaoh's army and washed them away. This story gave me so much hope this week because we find ourselves in this COVID time where things are not the same as they used to be. Nothing is the same as it used to be. And we mourn that they may not be that way for quite some time. And like the Israelites, we can't go back. Or as much as I look back on my pictures, we can't go back. And yet, we don't know what the road ahead looks like. And so we just wind up feeling stuck on the shore. And then amidst our fear and doubt and grief, God makes a way. 
God opens a path before us that we didn't see before. God surprises us with grace and God protects us. God makes a way where there seems to be no way. God did it on the shore of the Red Sea. God does it throughout the scriptures and the lives of God's people. And God will do the same for us here and now. God will bring us in safety to the other side. God will make a way and we will cross through this time with God's strength and grace and we'll eventually find ourselves on the other side of the sea looking back stronger for having made this journey together. I remember following my trip up to Mount Tammany coming back home and um, I've been trying to do a little bit more running lately uh, and it's not pretty if you ever see me out running on Susquehanna Road but um what I noticed in having made the climb up to Mount Tammany and then back down was the difference that it had made in me and my endurance and my body and the strength of my legs. And so coming back after having made that journey, I was so much stronger than I had been before. And I trust and I know the same will be true for us. When the Israelites reached the other side, people sang and they, they didn't even have to worry about the aerosol that they were putting to the, into the air when they sang. Um, Miriam sang and Moses sang as they looked back on the journey that they had made and the freedom that God had provided. And so I just want to close with some pieces of the song of Moses, and I pray it will be our song as well. I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The Lord is my strength and my might and has become my salvation. In your steadfast love, you led your people whom you redeemed. You guided them by your strength to your holy abode. You brought them in and planted them on the mountain of your own possession. The place, O Lord, that you made your home. The sanctuary, O Lord, that your hands have established. May it be so. Amen. <laughs>